Water President Craig Reedy. Hello and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. This week in Lausanne, more than 1,000 people will attend the annual WADA Symposium on Doping and Sport. The theme of the two-day meeting, Towards 2021, Navigating the Future Together, is a prelude to the adoption of changes to the World Anti-Doping Code and the Anti-Doping Athletes Code of Rights due to go to an effect in two years and will be considered later this year at the WADA World Conference on Doping and Sport. Craig Reedy, an IOC member since 1994 from Great Britain, has served as WADA president for the past six years. He'll step down later this year when a new WADA president is elected in November at the WADA conference in Poland. I spoke with Craig Reedy last weekend about a range of issues facing WADA, including Russia's return to compliance with anti-doping, the push from athletes for greater representation in WADA, and this week's symposium in Lausanne, which opens today. Craig Reedy, uh, thanks very much for joining us today on Around the Rings Radio. It's a pleasure to talk to you. You're a frequent guest. Thank you very much, Ed. You have coming up this week the annual WADA Symposium in Lausanne. 1,000 delegates, bigger than ever, um, towards 2021. Navigating the future together is the theme of this year's meeting. Um what 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 is uh, special about about this year, especially coming in the year of this, the uh, World Conference on Doping and Sport? Well, these you, you've highlighted two of the the quite clear that this annual symposium uh, is, uh, I don't think there's any question, you know, the biggest anti-doping meeting uh, in the calendar every year. You're right, we've got almost a, a thousand people coming. You know, we've, we've got ministers of sport, we've got federations, we've got national anti-doping agencies, we've got national federations, international federations, the IMC are there, laboratories are there, athletes are there, there are about 75 athletes registered and they will be working with our own athletes committee on things so it's really it's really important that everybody comes comes together and uh, the principal items on the agenda deal with the revision of the current uh, world anti-doping code because it will be up for approval in the uh, World Anti-Doping Conference, the, the, the one that will be held in Katowice in Poland in November. So the agenda is heavily weighted towards presentations on the code and the uh, accompanying international standards. Uh, and that will allow discussion, openness, uh, and hopefully will help understanding of the final version which will come before that type of audience in, in, in November. It's going to be quite an exciting week. It's a, it's a, the, the program is a day shorter, I understand, because of the uh, conference coming up later this year. Yes, that's right. We didn't think that we wanted to bring people for three days uh, to Lausanne. Uh, it's more important that they do two days with us, and they're a fully representative in Katowice in November. The athlete perspective is a big part of the of the symposium this year. A day and a half is uh, dedicated to hearing from athletes. Uh, uh, they they've become a bit restive, uh, a bit uh, uh, pushing at the at the pushing at you and other uh, leaders of of, of WADA. Um, what is uh, what is your analysis? What's your perspective on the relationship 
that exists today between athletes and the World Anti-Doping Agency? Well, uh, I mean, the, the, the complaint that uh, some athletes had uh, was over the, uh, the the compliance of the Russian Anti-Doping Agency last September, uh, and I will be dealing with that uh, in my opening remarks, say, on Wednesday, and Olivia Nigley, my director general, will be backing that up. Um, since then, going forward, I think most people realise uh, that much good work has been done. In particular, uh, the acceptance by Russian authorities uh, that there was uh, a form of institutionalised doping, uh, and that has been admitted. And then, above all, uh, the second major effort by the WADA investigations and intelligence team of experts to extract the huge amount of data that we now have from the Moscow laboratory. So, and we'll, we'll be reporting on that as well. So we, we, we've now successfully downloaded, I think it's 24 terabytes of data onto our own servers in Montreal. And we'll be analyzing that to make sure that the data is valid, is, 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 is valuable. And from that, we will be able to find out which athletes uh, have been uh, cheating. Uh, and to go through the normal process we have when we have that information, but also be able to exonerate athletes who have not been cheating. And that's, and that's a major move forward. So the athletes that are coming to Lausanne uh, are going to be talking about three things. They're going to be talking about the changes to the moral anti-doping code, the work that's been done to date. And they're going to be talking about their own uh, charter of athletes' rights uh, with the uh, anti-doping community. Uh, and they are also, I hope, going to do much work on how they could be represented uh, as athletes uh, within the governance review of what is going on. So the intention is to dramatically increase athlete representation, um, uh, discuss their charter, discuss the code, uh, and all of that, I think, is forward-looking. You have uh, uh, an organization called Global Athlete that was formed uh, by some athletes who, who, who want, they say, more accountability, more involvement, more influence. Uh, former WADA Deputy Director Rob Kohler is, is leading this organization. Um, do, these, do these voices have, have, a, have a place at the table? Are you listening to them? What do you want to hear from them? Well, we, 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 we certainly will hear from them. Uh, they've, been, uh, they've been pretty uh, uh, well reported on their establishment. They, they have, in the main, uh, talked about other things. Uh, I think they understand very clearly uh, that the steps that WADA has taken, particularly with getting access to all the data, uh, is the real game changer and moves things forward. Uh, they have a much wider agenda than anti-doping issues, and uh, we, we're, I'll be interested to see how, how that develops. Uh, they should know, uh, they should certainly know, that the WADA uh, governance uh, alterations uh, are designed to meet many of their claims uh, increased independent, uh, better uh, systems uh, of government and more athlete representation. So in many ways, we're heavily involved in doing precisely what they say they want. Is there a polarized atmosphere right now between WADA and athletes? 
don't think so, no. Uh, athletes have been involved in practically everything that we have done. Uh, they've made their comments, we've listened to them, uh, and, and we move forward. It takes quite a long time to change the governance issues of a, of a hybrid organisation where 50% of your stakeholders are public authorities. They move much more slowly on, on things like new rules and government regulations than, for example, the, the, the sport movement can. No, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased that there are so many athletes coming next week uh, and I, I'm sure they'll have a very interesting day and a half. And Becky Scott is one of them, the Canadian uh, who yeah, is uh, chairman of the Athletes Commission. At the same time, there is also an inquiry into whether she was the victim of bullying during WADA meetings last year. Where is that coming along? How is that investigation coming? Well, we conducted uh, an investigation with a Canadian company which is involved with WANA in terms of uh, providing athletes and our members of staff uh, on employment matters. Uh, that was not accepted by Becky and one or two others. Uh, and we have subsequently pre uh, appointed a major law firm in the United States, and they are working through the interview which they have to take um, and I'm sure we'll be able to produce a full report on the issue, uh, I hope, before the May board meeting next year. And the doping charter of, uh, the, the, the charter of athletes' rights that is being considered right now and will be looked at uh, during the, the conference later this year, what, what effect is that athletes' rights charter going to have? What what changes will it bring? Well, athletes want to have a statement of, of, of rights that they believe that they are entitled to, and that, I think, is supported by everybody in, in, in WADA. In a sense, it's a little bit like the similar Declaration of Rights, uh, which has been put through the IOC session uh, by the IOC Athletes Committee. Um, it's more particular as far as uh, anti-doping matters are concerned because some of the charter uh, will inevitably go into the new world anti-doping code, uh, which will make it uh, much stronger. Uh, some of it will be aspirational, uh, and it's a question of what that mix is, uh, how it eventually appears um, in the final version of the Charter. Uh, it's an interesting development. I, um, I mean, I think the uh, athletes have moved away from a sort of statement that, you know, we should be entitled to clean sport. Everybody is uh, sympathetic to that, but you actually can't put that uh, in as a rule in the world anti-doping code. Uh, the code has to be rather more specific. So there will be much greater detail uh, in the Charter, and uh, a portion of it will end up in the Code. Uh, and that, as I understand it, is, is what the athletes want. Uh, I have to tell you that it's the athletes who do this work themselves. Uh, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're not uh, involved with management in that exercise. Uh, they speak to, and one of them is on the Code Revision Team. Uh, so they're well represented. We talk a little bit more about the situation with Russia. You mentioned the analysis of the laboratory data from the Moscow 
uh, Moscow lab that's being uh, examined right now. How long do you think it will take to go through this mass? You say 24 terabytes, almost incomprehensible yeah. amount of, of data. Yeah, it's um, it, 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 you know there are lots of equivalents. Uh, I mean, one of the equivalents is uh, one point equivalent to about one point five million pieces of paper. So there's a lot of work to be done by our team and by the experts who are helping us. I hope that it will be finished within the next two months, um, and that would then allow us to identify if there are samples uh, which are currently held in the Moscow laboratory that may need to be retested. Uh, and we have an agreement with the Russian authorities uh, that these samples will be sent to an accredited laboratory because the Russian the Moscow laboratory has, of course, lost its accreditation. Um, so that would be the first step. Then the information we have, if there are cases to be pursued, uh, will be passed to the appropriate international federations who have that responsibility. And as we are doing at the moment, we will help the international federations uh, put together any cases that they wish to determine themselves. And as always, athletes will have the right of a final appeal to CAS. This will be a fully transparent process. Uh, will, will there be any changes to how this information is handled publicly? I, I, I believe not. It certainly would. There were no changes done. No changes made by us. I, 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 as always, in the case of an individual uh, prosecution of an athlete, uh, it should remain confidential until the case is actually presented. Um, but to make sure that there are no accusations that we do this only on an in-house basis, uh, we have outside external. Uh, experts coming to help us. What's been the impact overall of the Russian investigation on the resources of WADA over the past three or four years? Uh, well, I can get pretty near to the costs of the Pound and the McLaren Commission. That was about $4 million. Uh, I've yet to see the draft accounts uh, for this year, which will cover the expeditions that were made by people to Moscow. Uh, I don't think there's anything as big as $4 million, but it's been a very major piece of work. We also, of course, uh, with uh, some additional help, uh, been helping the Russian anti-doping agency uh, to rebuild. They've completely rebuilt themselves uh, and are now a pretty competent uh, national anti-doping organization and have been audited by us twice. The most recent one was in, uh, in mid-December last year. And uh, they came out with a pretty acceptable report. So the system in Russia is hugely changed from the situation that was uncovered by the Pound Commission and then confirmed by McLaren. So will it make a big difference when the Russian situation is settled and solved? When will it be over? Um, well, I don't see any reason why, from our point of view, it, it, it would be over uh, by you know, hopefully the middle of this year, sorry, the, the, the middle of next year. Uh, how long any individual cases will take is, is a different issue because traditionally uh, legalities, uh, athletes entitled to legal representation 
these appeals to cash can take some time. But I think the majority of it is is is, is behind us, um, and we and we move on. Uh, and it's important that we do move on. Looking forward to the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, uh, will that be a, a a milestone in judging whether the Russian doping situation is over because we had such drama during the past games about it. Yeah, I, well, I, we are responsible in WADA for the compliance of the Russian anti-doping agency. There are other agencies which are responsible for who attends and takes part in an Olympic Games, and that's the IOC and the National Olympic Committees. But provided this is behind us, I see no reason why there should not be a, a, a you know, a, a situation which is accepted by everybody and that the matter is closed. So that Tokyo can go ahead. As far as anti-doping is concerned, I am certain that there will be the normal uh, pre-games task force, uh, which will do intelligent testing on a very wide basis in the run-up to the games. And then for the games themselves, the IOC have moved the testing responsibility to the independent international testing agency. uh, And they should be you know, well up and running before Tokyo. Uh, so I think the combination of these two should make Tokyo um, a, a, a place to look forward to. Uh, and there is also a very good domestic national anti-doping agency in Japan, the Japan Anti-Doping Agency, who will be able to help the ITA. Um, so yes, I think Tokyo should be uh, in, in good shape. You mentioned the ITA, the Independent Testing Agency. What impact is that going to make on the on the whole world of anti-doping? Well, it is already. I mean, they are basically a service provider, uh, and they are signing contracts with a number of international federations, which is their market. They took over the doping-free sport unit from the 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 guy, the, the GEISF organization. Uh, and, and they did a lot of work for, in the main, the smaller federations. So the experience and the systems and the organization is there. It has to grow in size because it is doing more uh, testing work on behalf of bigger international federations. So it's, it's, it's already active. Uh, and I personally have had no complaints uh, about the competence of its operations. The police in Austria made raids in the past few weeks involving biathlon athletes. Um, Is this a sign that people still don't get it, that athletes, coaches, trainers aren't, aren't getting the message? Um, it's pretty depressing, I have to admit, when, uh, you know, the whole issue in Austria became so public uh, with unfortunate videos produced uh, and, and placed on the, on the internet. Um, it's not good news for sport, uh, and clearly uh, everybody in the anti-doping world would have hoped that it would not have happened. That having been said, uh, it was discovered by law enforcement uh, and it will be prosecuted in some way by law enforcement and it will then be the athletes involved, I am certain, will be prosecuted by the appropriate authorities and not least by the International Federation concerned. Um, We have a very 
competent investigations and intelligence department. Uh, it, I think 18 months ago, it had one member of staff. It now has nine. Uh, WADA has been involved in providing information to the Austrian authorities um, and will, I am sure, continue to work closely uh, as we go forward. And that backs up, I have to say, the decision, uh, the management decision, the, the council decision to develop that side of the operation and also to put together a very, very big and expert whistleblowing uh, setup called Speak Up. Both of these innovations, I think, are very important because we simply can't rely on just testing individual athletes to provide all the answers that we want. How do you feel about making athletes criminally liable for doping violations? Um, uh, WADA was founded in 1999, if you remember, after police intervention uh, in the Tour de France and the Festina scandal. Um, and sport went into business with governments for the simple reason that governments can do more things and go do more places, go more places uh, than, than sport can. And WADA has always had the view that we are supportive of legislation domestic legislation applying in each individual country which will deal with uh, drugs, which uh, will deal with people who uh, uh, import them, uh, sell them in sporting terms, that will deal with coaches, that deal with managers, that will deal with trainers, people who are organising doping offences. We are not in favour of criminalising athletes. We believe that the sentences and the sanctions under the World Anti-Doping Code, the sporting sanctions, uh, are sufficient uh, and we think that's the way it should be. But we encourage individual governments to do whatever they can in their countries uh, to make sure that uh, sport and law enforcement works effectively together. And it happens. In November, the World Conference on Doping in Sport, the fifth one will be held this time in Katowice in Poland. An important meeting, a new, new doping code coming out, a new president out of this, 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 this meeting. Uh, it will be a, a turning point, if you will, for WADA. Yes, it will. Uh, codes, you know, the, the code is a living uh, document. Um, one of the important parts of it, as uh, set out by Judge Paul Costa, I think in two codes ago, he said that one of the strengths of the World Anti-Doping Code is the extent and quality of the discussions and the consultations that took place before it was put into force. Uh, and if it's approved, as I hope it will be, in uh, November uh, this year, it will come into effect fully on the 1st of January 2021. So all the anti-doping organizations will have 15 months to bring their current rules up to date uh, uh, with the changes uh, imposed by the code. So that's a, that, that, that's a major issue. It's been a major issue two or three times before, uh, and we have some experience of that. Uh, thereafter, um, there are huge improvements uh, underway. 
many episodes already uh, within the wider structure. There are uh, new standards on compliance, upgraded standards on laboratories, a new standard coming on education. All of this is moving forward and all of that will come into play. Uh, and the other thing that is relevant is that the governments of the world uh, have now agreed a pretty substantial increase in their contributions over the next four years. It's about 8% a year compound, uh, so that uh, WADA will be better resourced. Uh, I mean, it's, it's impossible to think of all of the money we need, because there is so much that we need to do with it. But we will be better resourced to do what our stakeholders tell us to do. So. And as you say, there will be a new president. And the rotation of presidents of WADA moves from sports to governments. Uh, I finish in November, uh, having come from the sports side, and the public authorities will have uh, have, have put together a process, uh, and uh, everybody will elect a candidate from the public authorities in Katowice. Is do you expect any difference in the way WADA is handled under the? under a new president who will be coming from the government side as opposed to the sports side that you represent? Um, I, I, I suppose you, you should delay that question until you, until you have somebody to ask it of. Um, my guess is that it won't be any change and will not be dramatic because what I consists of about 110 uh, very, very able people, scientists, educators, lawyers, uh, everybody is there. They are top class people. They will continue all the work that needs to be done. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the new president uh, will be given a warm welcome. I'm sure the new president will have their own uh, priorities. Uh, uh, I mean, some of the pending uh, candidates have already put out prospectuses uh, indicating what their priorities would be, uh, and and none of them seem to me to be exceptional. Uh, I think we we will move on. The biggest thing we can hope for, Ed, is that we do not have uh, any more problems in and around the Russian issues, and that that situation never arises again been an intense experience for you personally to be water president especially during this time and in, in, involving russia um i imagine you would be glad to uh remove yourself from the controversy the challenges that it faces but it it really has been i'm sure one of the major professional challenges of your life dealing with with water at this time well, I have tried to be uh, the independent uh, president uh, of the organisation, uh, and I think I have been successful in doing that. It's very, it's very convenient for those who take an opposing view to say, "Oh no, because he's a member of the IOC, he has to be uh, conflicted." Uh, that I do not accept. You have to remember that I've been involved in WARA since 1999, uh, initially looking after it finances. Some of the criticism that has come to me is clearly politically motivated because it's a political issue that we've been dealing with. We have been trying to resolve an anti-doping 
been problem in the middle of one of the biggest political standoffs in world experience. And in many ways, we have been outstandingly successful because we have managed to extract a relatively modest uh, anti-doping unit in, our, in, in, in Moscow to become independent of nature and, and in operations and to start playing by the world anti-doping rules and I think that's a, a real achievement although it took a long time and it has caused a great deal of trauma uh, and difficulty to both sport. As far as I'm concerned I, I've enjoyed all my experience in sport to date but this has certainly been the most difficult thing I've had to do uh, and I do not uh, entirely respect uh, all of the misguided uh, attacks that there have been. But mark you, if you are the uh, president of a regulator, uh, then uh, I'm not sure that you can sit back and expect good media all the time because regulators tend not to get good media. What does WADA need for its future health? Uh, it needs a continuation of the improved resources. Uh, it needs a clear understanding that it has learnt from uh, the Russian experience, which it has. Uh, it needs to have a good cooperation between both governments and sport uh, and understand that they're trying to do the same thing. Uh, and make sure that the rules are up to date and good and we're in that process. Craig Reedy, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Ed, a pleasure. Good to hear from you. Craig Reedy, president of the World Anti-Doping Agency, is our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. Thanks for joining us. For 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.